All right. Well, I uh, had a great time while I was gone. <laughs> and um, and before I go on with that, we started at the end of my message. <laughs> the Lord, I was, I, I'm not sure what he's going to do at the end, but I had at the end a worship and prayer. And, um, and so I wrote it down. If you want to look at my paper, <laughs> I wrote it down, worship and prayer. But God said, no, we're doing that now. <laughs> so we did that first anyway. Um, and there may be some more of that, but we'll just see. But anyway, I had a great time. There was something as we were coming back that uh, the last few days that I kept hearing, you need to go on a trip. <laughs> Uh, if you where you'll find out where you need to grow spiritually real quick, you know, and you also know your physical limitations. You'll find that out too, <laughs> and also um, the what part of the flesh or what part of you needs to be mortified, mortified, put to death. You know what I mean? So you learn all those things in the kind of trip that we just did, and um, we did five national parks in the time we were gone. <laughs> Four of them we hiked in. And so, um, anyway, um, saw two grizzlies. They were on my side of the car. <laughs> Rochelle rolled the window down. I said, Rochelle. <laughs> you know? But anyway, they were, they were, there's all kinds of people outside, and there was probably, I don't know how many park rangers trying to keep people back. And one of the grizzlies was pacing back and forth. He, all they wanted to do, I told Rochelle later, they just wanted to cross the road. <laughs> and I mean, cars, uh, you know, looking and trying to see everything. And so we did a lot of curving, a lot of passes. <laughs> passes in the dark we didn't even know we were coming to. You know, just a lot of, a lot of moving and everything. And all, all kinds of crossing signs. Big game was one of the signs. You probably remember that, Jeff. Big game. I'm going, big game? What does that mean? No, um, it, you know, either moose or elk. We never saw any moose. We saw elk. We saw buffalo or bison and uh, deer and one cow. <laughs> they do have cow, cow crossing signs. And um, it was dark. We were coming from... Uh, I believe it was uh, so many places right now. I, I, we were coming from the glacier down to Stanley, Stanley, Idaho. And um, it's, um, there are, I mean, when you're in the mountains like that, it's always this, you know. It's always this and curves and high ups. And and um, we, we were, it was the night that the eclipse took place, I think. Anyway, we kept, I, it was getting to be about 9.30 and it was still light. And I said, Rochelle, the Lord's just showing us how to, you know, showing us our path down the mountain. And so finally we got down to a place where up behind the mountains came this big white moon. And it was just white and it was just beautiful. And so I said, aha, the Lord's been showing us the, the way to go. Anyway, she just got done talking about Saskatchewan. Um, huh? Sasquatch, yeah. She just got done talking about Sasquatch. She says... <laughs> They're saying he's in this area, you know, Sasquatch. He's that big, tall guy or whatever he is. It's supposed to be. He's all fake. He's all fake. Bigfoot. There we go. Bigfoot. Anyway, she was just talking about Bigfoot. And we was just coming around this mountain. And she was looking at me, looking this way. And here was this cow right by my window, this big cow looking at us. And there was no room. But we just come around and she goes, she 
I mean, she just got done talking about Bigfoot, and then there was this big cow, black cow, big head. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it out of the side of my... I mean, just saw it, the glimpse of it as we went around the corner. Anyway, that was a thrill. Okay. <laughs> so there we go. That was a, those, there was a lot of thrills, but that was one of them. Anyway, so let's get uh, going on this. Um, let's look at First uh, Corinthians, I believe. Oh, I do need to talk to you about something else. I almost left a detail of that um, with with... Jerry before I left, but I just didn't have time, and so uh, I am going to try and, uh, some of you heard it on Wednesday night in prayer, and that was the, you know, we've been talking about the wall and the house of cards, and then um, uh, be two Wednesday nights ago, the house of prayer, and the, and I mean the <laughs> house of uh, house of cards and the wall is something that the Lord's been showing us ever since we started praying about the election. And before that, in the wall represented the resistance to what God was trying to do in America. And, and we've been hitting at that. And I'm, I'm not saying us alone, but we, we, we've been praying against what we've seen. And, the, and also, you know, we've seen different times when there's been holes in that wall. It's like a dam that's holding back the move of God or, or, the, or what God wants to do. And so lately the wall has looked fractured. And then, and then the Lord had shown me a house of cards, which doesn't take very much to pull a house of cards down or, or a wall that's been fractured and busted in pieces. So that Wednesday night we were praying and there was just, all of a sudden I saw this dust, this dust and this cloud storm or dust, not a storm, but it was just dust. And I was just listening for a little bit to see what the Lord was going to say about that or what what that was, but I, be, I believe what he was ministering to me was that wall, the house of cards had come down. And you know how when something falls down, it makes a big dust. And so, so with that though, the Lord wanted me to encourage the church to not um, be discouraged if we don't see anything right now. You know, everything happens in the spirit realm first before we see anything. And you, and you have to know that and understand that that timing, you know, is, is, is different. So everything happens there first. We pray, we do what we're supposed to do, and God moves on that with his angels and pulls those things down. And then, um, it, it can manifest in the natural. So there's things that we may see in our prayer life in the spirit realm first before it ever happens in the natural. Now, I'm going to go on to say that um, that's why you have to stand firm. When you see something in the spirit realm, you stand firm. You don't let go of that. You know, you don't let go of what God has showed you. You know, and we're going to look at some scripture verses that way. That's where intercession, you learn a lot. In intercession, you can see a lot of things before they ever manifest. And sometimes it can be quick. Sometimes it can be years. But it doesn't make any difference. You're called to stand firm because you know what God has showed you. And when he shows you something like that because you've taken time to pray in the spirit, you've taken time to praise like we did this morning. When he shows you something like that, then you can have the faith and the ability to stand firm and pull it into manifestation. You see how that works? 
See how that works? When he gives you a word, whether it's a scripture verse, whether it's a, a picture, whether it's a, uh, a whatever it would be, uh, like uh, Ron had that picture. See, that, Ron, that picture that Ron had this morning, he can go back to that and back to that and back to that. And every time it will bring him encouragement. You see, every time it will bring encouragement. And that's why it is so important to spend time praying in the Spirit, talking to God, listening to Him, reading your Word, worshiping, and fasting. That's why it's so important to do those things. Because then when we hear from the Lord, we have something solid to stand on. We can hear from the Lord, like I said, in a scripture verse, or in a vision, or, or just how, you know, those areas that Word of Knowledge... We can get those those instructions from him or that word of encouragement or hope. And you know that when you get encouraged, you get hope rises up and you're ready to go like this again. You see what I'm saying? So it's really important that you stand. And you know I talk about that a lot, but it's really important that you spend time with the Lord. You get his mind on a situation, especially that you're what you're dealing with. Maybe you're dealing with finances or you're dealing with healing. Whatever it is, you, you spend time with the Lord and get his word on it. He may be telling you to uh, stop eating this. He may be telling you to start doing that. He may be telling you to you need to be uh, spending time in the word. Looking at your healing scriptures. You know, when I dealt with um, the dizziness that I talked about a while back, years ago, it would just, it would just, uh, Incapacitate, well, it told me, <laughs> thank you, incapacitate, Rochelle was always correcting me too, uh, incapacitate me, you know, in, in what I was trying to do. And so I would sometimes in the, in the morning, I would listen, I would watch Benny Hinn, I'd watch healing videos on YouTube. I was just exalting Jesus as Lord. I was saying the name of Jesus and I was using scripture verses. You can't just stand by and think it's going to happen. It has already happened. You have to grab a hold of it and get it. Get it into manifestation. Whether it's finances, whether it's healing, whether it's getting rid of unforgiveness, whatever it is. Jesus has paid the price. You get a hold of it and bring it into manifestation. And it doesn't mean you, you, it doesn't mean you sit and do nothing thinking God has already done it. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know, those signs and miracles that happen are for the unbeliever. I mean, I'm not saying they can't happen to the church. I'm not saying that at all. But the majority of the time, the church already knows what to do. If you get a hold of them and pull them into manifestation. Because you know what? With the church, we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's already resident within you. Whatever you need is resident within you. Whatever you need from the Lord to hear, he'll, he'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you what to do. He knows more about you than you do. He knows more about you than you do. That's why you got to get in his presence and find out what he knows that you don't know. <laughs> you know, isn't that, isn't that amazing? He knows more about me than I do. So who am I going to go to first to find out about me? Huh? Who am I going to go for? Who am I going to go to first? I'm going to go to my daddy. I'm going to go Godfather. He, he's already ordered my steps. He's already got the plans laid out for me. And if I can pray, 
which I can, <laughs> if I can pray and get myself on his steps, then everything else falls in place. Everything is okay when I'm walking in his steps. It doesn't matter if he asks me to get out of the boat. It doesn't matter. Because if he tells me to get out of the boat, he's going to make it work for me. I'm going to be able to get out of the boat and walk on the water. I'm going to do miraculous things because he's told me to do that. Amen? Okay. Is that it, Lord? <laughs> anyway, he likes to preach my, my, my message. Okay, so we're 1 Corinthians 16, 13. So I explained the dust. I think everybody understands the what I mean by the dust now. And you, and you hold fast to what you see. So I keep that before me until the Lord tells me. I just keep that picture before me when, when he shares something with me, you know, like that. And I stand on that. So that's why it doesn't make any difference to me what I see going on in our country. I already have God's, God's uh, plan on it. He's already told me it's a new day in a new nation. He's already told me that things have fallen. It doesn't make any difference. I, I need to, excuse me, I need to go, um, Mark, Mark 9, 14, because I'm talking about that right now, about the, the dust and how um, things can, when you're praying and interceding for a situation, I tell this to people a lot, um, things can look worse than, than what, what they looked like when you started. Have you ever experienced, anybody experienced that in here? You pray about a situation and it gets worse? Wow, praise the Lord, it gets worse. You know, because what happens is you're putting pressure on the demonic influences that are working in that situation. And when you put that pressure on them, they don't like it. They don't like it. They're going to squeal. They're going to carry on. They're going to act worse than when they did in the beginning. But you stand firm. Even in your prayer time or whatever you're, whether you're dealing with in the natural, you stand firm. It doesn't make any difference because, see, God's already got the victory. You stand firm against it, okay? So let's look at um, Mark 9, starting with 14. Oh, the, and when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. And immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he asked him, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mutter, mute, excuse me. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. And I told you disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. Verse 19, and he answered them and said, Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into convulsion. Now, I want to stop right there. When, when the demonic, when demonic influence saw him, it threw him into a convulsion. Don't let that throw you. It does that to get you to be fearful to back off. If you're, if you come into dealing with a situation like this, it does that to make you afraid. Remember I told you about the, the, um, my pastor went in to set the, 
this, uh, I, I, I'm assuming he's a young man, and before he could start ministering to him, out of the walls came blood pouring out of the walls. It was a man, it was a manifestation, but it was designed to keep him from ministering deliverance to that person. It was designed to make him afraid to run and make him afraid and run. So, so just be aware of that. You're not moved by that because who's carrying the power? Who's carrying the authority? Who has already been defeated? You're carrying the power. You have the authority in Jesus' name, and the demonic influences have already been defeated. They've been stripped of their power in Jesus' name. Amen? So you have to know that when you come in to deal with, with someone that's demonic, demonically possessed. <laughs> I think I said that right. Anyway, okay. Verse 20, And they brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling about and foaming at the mouth. <laughs> and he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you, ha- if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and began saying, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. I'm going to stop there again with the deaf and dumb spirit. Deaf and dumb spirit doesn't always mean that person's deaf. You know, just be led of the led of the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know if you're dealing with a deaf and dumb spirit. Okay? Okay. Um, you deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy be- became so much like a corpse that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him and he got up. And when he had come into the house, his disciples began questioning privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. Okay, so so just just know, even when you give the command, when you give the command, it, it doesn't make any difference if it starts carrying on and, and all of a sudden you think, oh, nothing happened, nothing happened. What do I need to do? It will manifest. It doesn't make any difference. See how it manifested there? You see that? And after crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out. It manifested before it really did. I heard I heard uh, Kenneth Hagin share a couple of uh, uh, stories, two different times, where people from a scene asylum were brought to his meetings. And um, he gave the command, and they nothing changed. Nothing changed. And they took him back to the same asylum, same asylum, and and maybe two or three days later, the thing left. I mean, that that person became set free, manifested totally different. It was all normal. They were normal again. And so, so you don't ever, you don't ever um, uh, think that nothing's happened if you know you have authority, and you use it in the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus then know that it did something has happened. Don't don't let don't let the demonic influences fool you. Okay, so don't ever look at the circumstances and don't look at what they're saying or doing or how they're acting. They're just trying to bluff you to get you to stop. Alright, now let's go back to First Corinthians, I think. 
16. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Um, I think it reads a little bit better. But in, oh, that's what I didn't finish. Um, I, I did start it. But in that God picture that God gave me, it was like it was to give you the church a warning or encouragement that we needed to stand firm and not be moved by what we see. And so, um, so that's the words that I picked up on was to stand firm. And that's what's in this word in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be alert and on your guard. Stand firm in your faith, that is, in your conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part of it. Act like men and be courageous. Grow in strength. So you stand firm against the schemes and tactics. You stand firm against, like I said, it doesn't make any difference what you see going on. All of it, all of it, when it starts happening, things start changing. It's just a big smoke screen to get you to take your faith off it, off of it. Okay? So we stand firm. We, we hold our ground. We don't look to the left or the right. Amen? So the Lord encouraged, um, was encouraged us to stand firm. And that means to persevere, to persist, to keep one standing, stand fast. You know, like God told Joshua when we're going to go there next. And, and not to look to the left or the right, stand firm. Amen? Not to be moved by what we see or feel. And then rejoice. Rejoice because God's got the victory. Okay, so let's look at Joshua then too, please. Joshua. Joshua. And first, verse 1, you probably already know where I'm going. We got into Rapid City 4 o'clock in the morning. Yesterday morning, I think it was yesterday morning <laughs> anyway. And um, um, beautiful drive and everything. But we were on... We were unloading our luggage, and and um, anyway, all of a sudden, the siren thing went off, and this lady was screaming at the top of the lung, not screaming bad, but she, she was obviously possessed, but she was way, uh, going down the middle of the street way out there and and um, just carrying on. And you know, there is a lot more activity at night than there is during the day, demonic activity. And so I, I learned a lot of that doing the papers in the middle of the night. Um, amazing some of the things you see and uh, that go on. Okay, Joshua 1, verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you, and I will not fail you or forsake you. In other words, saying, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous then you, sh then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with us in the midst of everything that we're dealing with. As long as we stay in a position of not looking to the right or looking to the left, we 
We spend time meditating on the word of God. We listen to what he has to say. He instructs us. We do what he says. He said he'd never leave us for a second. And he's right with us in whatever we go to do. Amen? I mean, the battle's already won. We just have to walk through it. Amen? Okay, so... um, Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, okay, and so I basically, I think the Lord started here. Uh, but let's look at, um, uh, I, I started, was talking about um, to stand firm when the Lord has given you a word or a vision or a scripture verse, whatever it is, you stand firm on that. You're not moved. So you, you get your stand firm by spending time with him. I see what I mean here. Already, already did all this, but anyway, find out what God is telling you, and and do that in the situation. And um, let's look at Romans, Romans ten seventeen. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And I already kind of hit on this a little bit. So our faith comes by hearing the word of God, of course. The faith comes from hearing what he has to say to you because he's still speaking. Did you know that God's still talking? God's still talking. And he has your best interest at heart. So faith comes by hearing what God's talking to you about. Faith comes by hearing what he speaks to you or shows you in a vision. Faith comes. Amen? Okay, and so then, let's look at Habakkuk, please. For, or some people say Habakkuk. I say Habakkuk. <laughs> What's the right? Is there a right way? <laughs> Malachi. <laughs> anyway, uh, Habakkuk. Oh, wait, I was going to read that in Amplified. Sorry, focus just a minute. Oh, I turned right to it. <laughs> God's good. Habakkuk, um, chapter 2. And, and this is a scripture verse that I used years ago, standing for what I believe the Lord had for me. You know, marriage and children was what I was standing on. Now, I had to watch not standing on that for a certain person, but... You know, there was scripture verses I could use. But anyway, um, but God did tell me. God told me that I was going to be married and have children. So this is the scripture verse that he showed me back then, and I stood on that. And in verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Did you get a vision this morning? Have you had a vision in your prayer time? Write it down. Engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. For verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. And we're talking about your vision. We're talking about the vision for the country. For the vision is yet for an appointed time and it hastens to the end. It hastens to a place of fulfillment. Okay? It will not deceive or disappoint, though it tarry, wait earnestly for it because it will surely come it will not be behind behind hand on its appointed day see it's what god is showing us is and what god is showing you and whatever whatever he showed you in a vision it will come and it's going to come right when it's supposed to 
And we get over into an area of being impatient, fearful, anxious, careful. And we've got to stay out of those areas because then we can't hear his next step. So we have to be, we have to be uh, in a place of, uh, of uh, knowing what God uh, is, has said and writing it down, recording it. Even though it tarries, you have to wait for it. Even though it tarries, you have to wait for it. So, you know, um, I think this is a good idea. <laughs> you know, I, I think about this whenever I see the people that have the plastic shields that come down like this, you know. Anyway, in the priests in the old, they would, I think it was the priests, they would put the, they'd have their, whatever they said, their scripture verses hanging right here. I think it would be good if we, we I'm still waiting to pray. <laughs> when we record the vision, we hang it right here. Don't you think that would be a good idea? It would be in front of us all the time. Or a healing scripture, whatever you need. Right here. So that all you, all you, you see it all the time. You see it all the time. And it's in your face, so to speak. It's in your face. It should be that way. Record the vision. Even though it tarries, wait for it. What did God tell you? Record it. Write it down. And, and that's when, that's what I did back then. I would keep, uh, I had a list of scripture verses and I had the vision written down and I would look at that morning and night and more if I had to. I would quote those scripture verses out loud just to keep myself encouraged because there were times when the person I thought was it was dating somebody else. So I had to, I had to, I had to keep that, the scriptures of what God said to me in front of me so that I knew it was going to come to pass. Because see, what happens, if you don't do that, then you got your mouth going over here the wrong direction. You got your mouth talking about, uh, um, you, you got your mouth talking doubt and unbelief. And, and you can't have that. You can't have that and get the promise of God. You can't have that. And see, I'm, I know we're all growing. Everybody's growing. There's areas I'm growing, believe it or not. And, and we have to walk those areas out. And if... If you're before the Lord and you're spending time with Him, if He need, if there's a word or a phrase or something He needs to correct in your life, if you're spending time with Him, don't you think He's big enough He can get that across to you? Correct you, grow you up in an area? He can do that. He can grow you up in those areas. Okay, so the last scripture verse is Psalms 22. We, we used this one last week. Um, 22 about, it's just, uh, 22, 3. It's about God inhabiting our praises. And so, see what I mean? We started at the beginning and had all this at the end, but that's the way God wanted to do it this time was to start. And so God inhabits our praises. When we spend time with Him, praising Him and talking to Him, He's going to come and sit down and talk to you. You have to know that. And you have to get quiet enough to listen to what he's got to say. You know? Amen? Father, we just want to thank you for your word that is alive. Father, I ask you with my whole heart to bring this word to their remembrance. Help them to learn to walk in this area, Father. To be confident in who they are in Christ, but also to be confident in who you are. That you said you'd never leave them or forsake them. That you would bless them abundantly above all that they could even ask or think. Help them to remember that when they're in a tough spot. That you're there to take care of them and to help them. And that, Father, the visions and the hopes and the dreams and the words that you give them, have them keep them before them. Write them on a tablet. Record it, Father, 
so that they will not forget what you have said. And we just praise you and thank you, Father, for your word today. We give you all the glory. And thank you, Father. We're just so grateful and so thankful for you spending time with us this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.